This is just having a conversation with Brandon. And then he wonders why I'm not optimistic about life. (laughs) I'm Michael Jackson eating popcorn right now. Welcome to Pulp Fiction. My name is Brandon Rabar. I'm joined by my co-host Jacob Dwayne Crisp and Rachel Jameson. And this is the one where we review the most anticipated movie of the past decade. Nah. Past uh, decades. I mean, right. probably depends on who you ask. Yeah, I think this is probably the most recent one I can think of. Would probably be The Dark Knight Rises. Maybe the first Avengers. First Avengers was really really hyped. Yeah. yeah. But I think that the hype and anticipation for this may... And I am Sam. (laughs) May rival and and beat those. Of course, we're talking about Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. And here is the trailer. Who are you? I'm no one. I was raised to do one thing. But I've got nothing to fight for. Nothing will stand in our way. Finish what you started. There are stories about what happened. It's true. A Jedi. They're real. The Force. It's calling to you. Thank you, Jacob. Star Wars, The Force Awakens, directed by J.J. Abrams of Lost and Star Trek fame. He takes anything sci-fi and makes it cool and interesting. Starring Daisy Ridley as Rey, John Boyga as Finn, Harrison Ford, of course, returning as Han Solo, Adam Driver as Kylo Ren, Oscar Isaac as As Poe Dameron. Did I say Dameron correctly? Poe Dameron? Yeah, you said it right. Carrie Fisher returning, of course, this time as General Leia. Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Hey, spoilers, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we always do spoilers here on Pulp Fiction. That's definitely a big one on this just, one. So if you haven't watched it, turn it <laughs> off and go watch it. But Unless it you just don't care. $238 million opening weekend. So I imagine that everyone In the USA alone. Yes. Yeah. So I imagine everyone listening has seen the movie maybe more than once. $238 million just destroyed 
the record that Jurassic World set earlier this year of $208 million. Um, three decades after the defeat of Galactic Empire, a new threat arises. The First Order attempts to rule the galaxy, and only a ragtag group of heroes can stop them, along with the help of the Resistance. So that's kind of it's kind of a weird description. I I feel that's the description from IMDb. Ragtag. That doesn't sound right. But no, whatever. makes it sound too wacky. It does. Those zany guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On some misadventures here. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like uh, we we talked off the air, and Jacob is like Star Wars nerd. Like he geeked out over this. For how long would you say? Uh, ever since I found out in 2012 that George Lucas sold to Disney. Yeah. So I've been following a lot of stuff ever since. Basically since the trailer released last Christmas, I have been overhaul is a fair word uh, as far as research and keeping up with it and really just watching a lot of Star Wars stuff. Yeah, he's our resident Star Wars expert. So what we're going to do is Rachel and I – We've always enjoyed Star Wars, seen all the movies, all those things. So we're kind of the typical general audience when it comes to Star Wars. So we'll give our brief thoughts, and then we'll hand it over to Jacob and let the seasoned, geeked-out Star Wars fan school us on everything Star Wars. What were your overall thoughts on the movie? I had a lot of thoughts on this movie, but overall, I thought it was a lot of fun. I I really enjoyed it, but again, I'm coming from a perspective of... Uh, I've seen all the Star Wars movies, but I haven't seen them recently other than Return of the Jedi. did watch that recently in preparation to make sure that I was up to speed with at least the the most recent of the Star Wars movies. So never really huge into Star Wars or anything like that. So, you mean the prequels? Is that what you're saying? No, I think she means no, like, the original. Like what happened okay. at the end of Return of the Jedi. Okay, so gotcha. what's been going on the last 30 years? What can you uh, right. speculate has happened right. in the last 30 okay, years? Gotcha. Right. So um, other than that, I haven't watched the other ones. Uh, in a long time so I enjoyed it from that perspective I thought that they did really good at introducing new characters I thought all of the new characters were really strong um, and I thought that they integrated the old characters in very logical ways Um, something that J.J. Abrams is really good at is fleshing out characters and so I think that he was a really good choice for this in the fact that they had to introduce some new characters into this universe that everybody's already so familiar with and if you're a diehard fan it's kind of blasphemy to mess with any characters or anything like that so <clears throat> i think jj abrams was a good choice because he makes really good characters i enjoyed it a lot i understand i know a lot of fans that have been fans for a long time were kind of eh on it and i understand that perspective as well my one knock on it or my main knock on it i guess would be that i thought it was super predictable and this is from somebody who hasn't seen a new hope which I'm sure Jacob will talk about more, but people who are really familiar with the franchise say it's basically a new hope. Right. Um, but even as somebody who doesn't remember a new hope, I still found it pretty predictable in a lot of different ways. But overall, I thought it was a lot of fun. I definitely recommend it. Um, and I think that J.J. Abrams has laid a good foundation for the series going forward. And I, I think he found a good balance uh, between kind of refreshing people who haven't seen the movies in a long time and didn't do so much damage that it really upset Star Wars fans. He he came in somewhere in the middle. Um, he didn't try to reinvent the wheel. He was just trying to, to me, he was trying to establish a baseline to which they can build on now, and I thought that he was successful in that. Brandon, your yeah, opinion? Yeah, uh, I kind of line up with you. I had a lot of fun with it. I've always liked the Star Wars movies, obviously, especially the original trilogy. 
I thought it was such a good uh, melding of of old and new, taking what was good about the original trilogy and kind of handing those characters off, kind of a passing of the baton from those characters to these new characters. And I really dug the new characters, actually. I thought Daisy Ridley, uh, the Kira Knightley doppelganger, I thought she was really good. Uh, I really <laughs> enjoyed is. her as Ray. <laughs> I thought John Boyga, um, known from Attack the Block, I thought he was really strong as Finn. And, of course, Oscar Isaac. Uh, we all know we're big fans here of Oscar Isaac. I wish he would have been used a little bit more. I loved the humor was brought back, I feel like. I felt like uh, humor was missing in the prequels. I felt like maybe they tried for humor. There's a lot and, of things missing in the prequels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I felt like they're trying in the prequels. I mean, from things like Jar Jar Binks and, and things. But it was – so many misfires. I think that the humor is written a lot better in this one. I even like that they kind of poked, had a little fun with it. You know, for instance, when Oscar Isaac, uh, was Kylo Ren was talked to him and he's like, I don't understand you with that mask you got going. I can't really understand what you're saying. Now, I don't know if like that tongue in cheek kind of thing doesn't fly with like big Star Wars fans. Do you oh, with it? Okay. I think I think they had a lot of characters they try to write as the hair, the Han, the new Han Solo type character. Right. They, yes, they kind of one. Poe Dameron's definitely one. They spread yes. them out, which I think yeah. is smart because really Han was the only one that was providing any comic relief. Well, the droids a little bit in the in the original Star Wars trilogy, but I felt like it was always missing right. a little bit of humor because it was all carried by Han. So I like that they've spread that out. Uh, between more characters this time, or, 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 or more so like attitude for the old ones. Who else has really that too? You know, yeah, Leia maybe a little bit, but yeah, Han's the guy who was always yeah, yeah. And BB-8 was a great. Everybody loves BB-8 across and, the board. Everybody loves BB-8. Well, I know, though. yeah, but yeah, because yeah, uh, because the comic relief in this goes to a lot of characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. But we hadn't mentioned BB-8 yet, and you mentioned droids, and so I wanted to bring him up because I thought he it whatever was a great character. And I loved, you know, as I was watching, I couldn't help but to, I kept looking forward to when the old characters were going to show up. Even though I liked the new characters and where they were going with the new characters, it was it was kind of fun to anticipate, like, okay, so when's Han going to show up? When's Chewbacca going to show up? Okay, now they show up. Well, when's Princess Leia going to show up? When's Luke Skywalker going to show up? So that was kind of fun. I had fun throughout just kind of not knowing when they would show up. And I will agree, though, that they're – were a lot of the the main storyline, the main paces of the story. I thought were predictable. I don't know whether that's a good or bad thing or not. Uh, I'll let Jacob talk more about that. For me, I was fine with it. Um, I was. I mean, it didn't ruin the movie for me, but it was very clearly a pretty simple plot overall. I guess my overarching. My only complaint with that would be I almost felt it was too parallel to New Hope, like where you have the – of course, we thought we are going to do spoilers here, and the biggest spoiler I'm, I'm fixing to talk about, so warning. You know, obviously the Luke Vader connection, and now you have the Kylo Ren-Han Solo father-son connection. And I I don't know. I, I, and I couldn't decide whether I thought that was cool and made sense or if I felt like it was a bit of a reach just to make it – you know, connect with the original, and I'm still not it, sure how I feel. It does about make that. sense to me. I it mean, Han, sense. Han, and Leia have been together. That kid would have the Force. It would make sense that Luke would train that kid. And he does have and, Vader blood in him, so he could turn dark. Right. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess so, it makes sense. I didn't so it makes sense. Like it it was... seems kind of like it, it seems like oh, well, way to be super creative there. But logically, it it makes sense to I, me. I, I guess logically, I don't have a problem with it because it does make sense, but. 
Uh, it did feel like a rehash. Yeah, but it like a rehash sense. and like almost too much like uh, this is like the originals. This isn't like the prequels. Like, do you feel it? Like, <laughs> you feel the similarities? Like, that oh, works. That crazy. works. So this works too, right? You like this. You like that. So you like this, right? That's the only thing I felt like. Like they're too scared oh, to no. kind of go off the map a little bit he because didn't, the formula works so well. Right. They JJ didn't want, did they didn't not, want to have another prequels mess. He did not take risks on this. And I'm actually fine with that from the perspective of if somebody handed me Star Wars, I'd be like, oh, crap. Um, I don't want to screw this up. <laughs> yeah. He went the yeah. safe Let's route. Watch <laughs> he, he went the safe route. I understand why he did. But I don't think, like I said, I think he's established a good baseline now to build off of and that's what that's what i think his intention was is let's not rock the boat too much and piss off the super star wars fans and or even if it pleased them maybe it will lose the people that weren't really familiar with it because i've gotten too deep into a story now it it kind of met in the middle of both of the crowds of people that were going to be seeing it the huge star wars fans and the average star wars fan it found some middle ground there so nobody's too pissed off about it yeah, basically um, the word that I would use for this is safe yeah it was I mean, that's the first thing I say when I came out of it and I mean I had, I had such mixed emotions after the first viewing um, because it was like okay because um, I do think it's a rip off of A New Hope mm-hmm. it's like where's the originality right. at right um, okay so I was curious yeah, yeah. Really- I was very much I thought it was just okay the first time I saw it and I've seen it three times oh now. wow uh so this is my... by the way recording this on friday night so he's seen it three <laughs> times in the last six hours <laughs> no, well kidding. actually this is it's monday night actually and i i saw it thursday night i saw it friday morning and i saw it again today mm. uh in 3d which oh my god it's awesome in 3D. okay the, this is what i want to go back it's and watch really in 3D. really good i, in 3D. I kind of assumed that the 3d was amazing i need to go back and watch it was it actually 3D. 3d imax and, and i hadn't seen I, w- I didn't see it in imax in the first two viewings either well, the sound was fantastic and the 3D didn't bother me at all. In fact, like the 3D made it really, to me, a lot better because I mean, I always pay attention to things that go on in the background anyway, but you right. really notice things going right. on in the background. It's just really cool. And as I've, as I've watched this over and over, like the things that bothered me initially don't bother me as much anymore. Like I certainly know this is a movie I'm going to watch over and over and over again right. for decades to come. Well, yeah. As it, as it started out good, it's gotten better. I really like it now. I mean, I, I really like it now. I think it's, uh, I think it's a very well done Star Wars film. I don't think it's better than the original trilogy, right? Um, Which well, some a lot of people are saying. are saying it's better than Return of the Jedi, and that's fine. I mean, I'm not going to argue that because there's a lot of good things to take away from this. But when I say safe, and when we t- when we compare this to uh, you know A New Hope, and I'm sh- I know other people are saying this too, but I wrote this down before I listened to anyone else, so this is my original way to put it: A man in a black uniform kills a group of people to obtain un- confidential information, only to be given to a droid who goes off on his own on a small desert planet, who meets a mysterious person who ends up being force sensitive. That meets an old man who helps her and Finn get to the resistance or the rebels, who go head to head with the you know with the First Order, the Empire, or the Third Reich, yeah. uh, who are stationed who are stationed on a weapon of mass mass destruction, the Death, the Star, Death Star, that is capable of destroying other planets entirely, whose weakness is a trench run that can be destroyed by proton torpedoes <laughs> or something like that. And of course, the old man dies, giving the young people motivation yep. to go on and do better things. Yes, like, that's, that yep. is a new hope. In that's a crazy. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, and yeah, so no, where yeah. was the creativity? 
But at the same time, God, the creativity was there. It's so well done. Like, J.J. Abrams is like the best pop culture director out there. Yes. He can capture Spielberg. He can capture, um, well, I say that because of um, the Super 8. Super 8, The Star Trek movies, he can capture those and then add like these kind of new elements in it, whether it's like kind of good from music or fast action, but, you know, things that we love, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't really compare much to the Lost series, but it has its own uniqueness to it in, in its own. You know, he he just knows how to tap into that very well. And so, look, it's all about money for Disney. I mean, I know that they they talked a lot about, you know, we want to bring it back to the fans. We know that there's a lot of bitterness with the prequels, and I am right on board with that. And I won't go off into my, my whole prequel rant because I hate them. I actually yeah. am trying to write them out of my memory. I think they're that bad. <laughs> I really am curious if they try and reboot those. I would be I curious think the premise too. is there. But they could make they, good movies. They really could make for really interesting subjects. I mean, the story of Anakin could be so interesting. It should, it if should he was be a amazing. Dark, you know, think about the, the look of Vader in itself. He's this big, tiring man who has mm-hmm. a dark side or, like, say he has a temper to him. Like, I mean, when I think of the new Anakin, I think of a whiny kid. So, oh, yeah. So, you know... There's so many. There's so many things. Also, that they parallel could take with, away from it. Oh, with, with this Adam one. Driver. Apparently, yeah. if you're a Skywalker, you're literally and figuratively a bitch. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That was really my only complaint with with that character. I thought that, but but go on. Yeah, go on. yeah. No, so your... so uh, you know, in general, the more I I watch it, the more I really like it. I mean, and all the things that bothered me that it does parallel a new hope i'm i've already gotten over it because i think daisy ridley is f- fantastic she was she's awesome. an amazing find yeah she, she completely hasn't unknown. done anything that yeah. i've ever heard of and uh she seemed natural i mean she was a great actress she was, she was great. so good uh i only know john boyoga from attack the block which have you all seen that yeah, yeah. i loved it I yeah it was really good yeah honestly i thought he would be a lot darker kind of uh more um that's racist <laughs> Um, kind of like a more like um, physical character because yeah. that's his character in, in Attack the Block. He's quiet. Yeah. He's threatening in a way. He has a presence about him. Whereas this, like he's so much more dialogue funny um, he was. and animated. I just didn't see that coming. I didn't have a problem with it. But like, I you know, I like John Boyega, Boyega in both of these films. Um, as far as Adam Driver, I've always liked him in Girls. Uh, he has like a really interesting presence about him. Not just his size, but like he's... Well, he's always goofy in that stuff. So, yeah. so he, how is he going to pull off Kylo Ren? To me, right? he was a really weird choice. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was weird. I choice. actually, like I said, I didn't really look anything up, uh, so I didn't know who was playing that character. So yeah. when he the reveal, I was like, "Wow, that's yeah. a really weird choice." I think he did fine. It was just really jarring to me that it was Adam Driver under there. Uh, also, I think the reveal came way too soon. I don't know why they didn't wait to reveal his face until he actually met with Han. They did make it pretty simple. And actually, they revealed that Han was his father way too soon. They did. Yeah, and, both things, and in a both very things. non-dramatic way. They yes. did. It was Your just father's a here, Han Solo. Yeah. Oh, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's the, simple. Because those, <laughs> those were the really the two biggest aha moments in the entire film. And really, of, of this new trilogy of films, it's, they're going to be two of the biggest aha moments. And I do think that they were handled yeah, it was in just, a it was weird. very... But there's a, I had another problem with that. And the fact that I know you have to start somewhere. And it, logically, with how old the actors are, it's to start, what, 35 years or whatever, where they left off. So that makes sense. But I felt like I have no connection to Kylo Ren. 
none at all. I know that he's their son, but I haven't seen... I, I felt like Han Solo's death would have been enhanced a lot more had we seen a relationship with his son that we could relate to, where yep. there was a time where he was not to the dark side and they, you know, like he was their son and they loved him and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There was no... They talked about it, sort of. Well, I'll tell you but, how to fix that because I, on the third viewing, I was like, I know why I had the same disconnect because whenever he uh, Solo and Leia would talk about him, they would say our son. Right. Like I've seen, I saw our son, or I saw him. They never said his name, Ben. Right. Never said, if they just said Ben. We we at least would have recognized or at least connected. Ben is actually Kylo Ren's real name. Right. And so, uh, I mean, to me, that's the first way to do it. But I mean, yeah, I, I got you. I thought that was kind of a missed opportunity because it could, it could have been a lot more. I, it seemed for, very weird. For people, it honestly, like, it was almost cringe. On, it yeah. verged on it sometimes. Yeah. yeah. For for somebody that I mean, again, I'm familiar with them, but I don't have a deep connection to them. Han Solo's death. I was like, oh, I saw that coming. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't an absolutely. emotional thing to me, but had they connected me to him, I, I, I would have felt a lot more for that death. I agree totally. So that's just l- l- and And I mean, a lot of people, I mean, I don't know how you are, uh, because Han Solo is a lot of people's Oh, right. I'm sure it character. was very so, emotional for a lot of people based on that. He's right, my number exactly. one protagonist. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like, to, to lose him is emotional. But but as far as, like, the storyline, like, the, the connection to the the father and son, I agree. Like, there wasn't really any yeah, sort there was, of emotional I mean, it's a, connection for us as an audience. It was just very quick. I actually thought the whole movie was very rushed. Very, very quick. Yeah. I think yeah. that whole the scene was very – The first half is way paced really well, and then – like right after they leave Mount Canadas, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. everything goes fast forward. I agree. And yes. Everything. I mean, really, I just kind of I'll sum up my general feelings is that like I thought it was a, a really good movie. It's not it's not perfect at all. I have I right. still have a lot of problems with it, um, but I still know that I'm going to enjoy it. And actually, I'm really kind of excited for my nieces because now we have like this female character, which I wasn't yeah. really sure how I felt about it. Yeah. Um, but. She's so good. She plays it I mean, really she, well. She's the best character yeah. in this movie. Her and I think BB-8 is the second best character. I agree with that. That those. little robot has more character personality than anyone in the prequels. Yes. I mean, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I'm excited for them because, you know, I grew up with all these boy characters from Star Wars. I mean, who would we have? Princess Leia in a gold bikini? That's yeah, all those boys did. knew. Yeah, but we now did. you've got little girls who have a character like this. That, and that's... Actually, what Disney, I mean, it's obvious that's what they're going Yes, they're they put in a black man and a woman. That's, you know? I mean, they yeah. they made it for the thing that Star Wars has always been criticized for and put a black man and a woman into the two lead. Yeah. The two yeah. leads. It's so. interesting. Well, and, and I'm with you because I didn't know how I was going to feel about her either. She was a lot of things, you know, because she's really pretty, obviously. But she's actually convincing I because of her acting she convinced me that she could be an action hero and she comes off as really intelligent, really sharp. Uh, she seems like a very genuine person too. Yeah, which, she does. Which was impressive. And I liked the way that they handled the sword fights because a lot of problems that I have with fights. women. Yeah, sorry. Lightsaber fights. I have a major problem with women in action roles because they do a lot of really unrealistic stuff. Like, I'm sorry, you're just not going to take down a 400-pound man. You're just not. It's not going to happen. But I thought that they did well in her uh, lightsaber fights because a lot of it was her running away. I mean, like, she she's not a trained fighter yeah. with a lightsaber. So, well, I mean, here's I did... where it works in Star Wars is that you can use the Force right. as right. your ally or whatever. Right. And you can... You know, say you may not be strong as physically as right. the person you're going up against, but you can use that 
you know, I'm totally nerding out here, but that's where it, it, they can get away with it. Right. Well, and I thought they used that wisely because she was struggling before then. I mean, she right. was basically running away and evading, yeah. but she wasn't fighting back like she was super strong or something. And she won because she had the force, which made perfect sense to me. Well, so and she had they... her last dragon moment. I don't know if you guys have seen last dragon. We're like, he had her kind of pinned down and she kind of like closed her yes. eyes <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Do you guys I know haven't seen it, but I mean, no, but I mean, there's probably a hundred other movies out there that do that, where it's like this moment of contemplation, or yeah, and whatever, like figuring it out. He, he was the master. I mean, actually, that was one, that was my number one issue with the movie was her ability to learn how to use the force in 24 hours. And look, they say Star Wars fans are the worst critics out of all of the franchises. Yeah, which makes sense because. You know, it's it's built up around philosophy and you know something mystical. And from what we saw in the original, was that something you learn over a period of time? Right. You know, we don't really know what was how much time lapsed between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. So we assume that Luke was in some kind of training for a while, or at least right. you know we don't know how long he was on Dagobah, but whatever. And then boom, she does the mind trick with the stormtrooper. Which, by yeah. the way, you two know this because I texted it to you, but that is. Uh, Oh, I forgot his name. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig, Craig. Yeah, he plays that structure with So there's yeah, a little trivia awesome. for you. Um, but the fact that she does that, you know, she's able to take on Kylo Ren, who we don't know how much training he has, but we're assuming he's got quite a bit right, of training. That, yeah. You know, yeah. that that bothers me. That doesn't work. And that's where they rushed it too much. Yeah. Um, so, I agree. And that's just, you know, one of, the, one of the things. But that's the main thing that bothers me the most. Do you think that they'll try to explain it away by saying the Force is stronger with her than – with others, so that's why. I, or do you I think it's just? I don't kind see of a, how. I just, I just think it's something you, they did, and I don't yeah. know. Because when you have those rules, like when you know, it will upset fans because you've laid down the rules in previous chapters, and if you're bending them or breaking them just for plot contrivances, then yeah, it's, it's it, irritating. Yeah. So, um, what were your thoughts on Poe, Jacob? I mean, like he was. I don't think they used him enough, but where could they have used him? Look, he was written as a leader already, as a kind of not arrogant, but you know, a um, a positive person. You can see, like, anytime he's flying or whatever, he just has that personality. So I really didn't think there was much depth to him. I mean, you got and you have someone like Oscar Isaac playing it, and he plays it so well. Really, I think you could have written that character for this movie as a really a nobody. Like, say, anyone could have played that character, but I know he'll be a factor later on. Right. I mean, because why would you cast someone that big for that role? Well, I mean, I think he was fine, but I just don't think he was utilized enough. Or he was just, he was our wedge. To me, he was our wedge. Right. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he was used nearly enough because of the talent that he has. And the character was really interesting. While he was, you know, he was heroic. He's, you know, hyped up to be the best pilot. They certainly played uh, that up. They three times they in the told movie. You. In the crawl, uh, when... Uh, Kylo Ren approaches him. I didn't realize we had the best starfighter in the galaxy uh, here. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, when he kills, uh, you know, a bunch of Tie Fighters and uh, stormtroopers on the ground. Yeah, and you have Finn going, "Woo!" Now look at that pilot. It's yeah. like I get it. He can <laughs> they fly. Really fly. want yeah. you to know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you know, that was a bit much for me. But you know, that's just me being a stickler on some stuff. Uh, I'm still trying to. Fi- Finn is another character that I'm having problems with that now because I'm trying to figure out. Okay, are they establishing? The relationship between him and Ray is it going to be a love romantic, yeah, a romance, or is it going to be a friend? Because I, I could never figure out where his motivations were, especially uh, towards the end where he just wanted to go find her. 
like actually on the third viewing i'm backing off more and more on the romance thing and just building it more up on the friendship especially for now but you know you can't ignore when he's like so you have a boyfriend is he cute i mean back home right. yeah. like it's none of your business yeah you know and so hers clear as day she's a strong female lead who can take care of herself yeah um, you know they've shown that physically multiple times at the movie uh you know especially like that you don't need to hold my hand i mean that stuff's funny right. but it just shows that she's just a strong female character and she can build stuff or fix things she knows a lot about technology i mean she's pretty well-rounded they've they've got her molded pretty well but finn is where it's like okay who is this guy and we need more to him and and i finally figured out at first i had problems that he had the lightsaber battle as well but i finally heard an analogy that works for me because he fought that other stormtrooper with the electronic kind of lightsaber oh, right, right, gun yeah. thing. So apparent, I'm guessing that now they train all stormtroopers to For battle to battle Jedi's, and so maybe he has had his own training, at least wielding a sword or that kind of a baton. But can you use a lightsaber if you don't have the force? Sure you can. I okay. mean, I can pick up a sword and start okay, throwing I didn't it at know. people. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I know what you're saying. I imagine anyone can, but can you block you know, right, someone okay. shooting at you? Okay. Which he doesn't do, thank goodness. Yeah. And, you know, he did hold his own for a short bit of his in, which bothered which, me. Yeah, no, no, that bothered me. Because he should have got, so, got his ass kicked yeah, immediately. Yeah, it should have <laughs> been like that. It should have <laughs> yep. been over like that. Like, if you're going to build Kylo Ren to be a freaking Jedi, dude. Yeah. Like, De- Darth Vader... 2.0 yeah and he's having battle with basically who is with essentially a janitor. a janitor yeah i mean they're, they're, that's an issue right. i mean that i mean it kind of demolishes what you're trying to build up with kylo ren if you ask me like it should have been over like that and kylo ren that does too. defeat him but it took way too long like he held his own that would be like me fighting bruce lee and it actually like you would have got a hit in yeah. right no right it would you be over wouldn't. like that so i agree with you there i will say about his character though finn's I really like the standpoint that we kind of saw a stormtrooper. Yeah, uh, was interesting. Humanized. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. It was like, very bizarre at first, right? To yeah, honest. to take to take the mask off and to actually see him and right. then see that you know because I don't know how it is with Star Wars fans, but like even though I've I've always kind of known, I guess that they're human underneath. I guess I never even gave that any thought. I just kind of always thought of them like as, they're just well because basically exactly is what they are because so you don't see a face them. right yeah. you don't see a face you don't associate with anything so when they get shot you see sparks fly everywhere right you don't care it's where kind it goes of robotic. down but then also when you see someone lower their gun and then they start looking at everyone else every other stormtrooper killing people and it's like oh this is weird i mean it was weird and then of course you yeah. had the stormtrooper die in front of him and write the blood down his face it's like oh okay then you have a more humanizing people, right. then you right. take the mask off and it's like oh we actually have a person yeah so that was it, it and it does work it was it was weird at first but it, it works and like especially it. you know that's what Disney's doing they're cleaning up a lot of George Lucas's mess yeah. from the prequels they're cleaning up the clone situation they're cleaning they didn't even bring up metachlorians thank god yeah you know they're they blew up which a lot of people believe to be Coruscant one of the one of the uh planets that was uh, blown up by the base station whatever you call it um, it looks a lot like Coruscant, the city planet that was in the prequel. Mm-hmm. They they got rid of the whole Republic, you know that sort yeah. of thing. So they're cleaning up a lot of the mess. That's good. Can I talk real quick about three of the bad guys and not Kylo Ren? Yeah, General Hux, Captain Phasma, and then uh, Snoke. What were your opinions about all three of them? Uh, Snoke, Supreme Leader Snoke. Yeah, Supreme Leader Snoke. You know I. <sighs> Tell me this: Is he in the Star Wars mythology? Is he Snoke always been? Snoke is not. 
Okay, that Snoke's nowhere in the canon. He's nowhere in the. the so here's a completely new creation for this. They That's think he's a fake name for another character that is, but I really don't want to spoil that. Okay, gotcha. Well, I to me it was jarring because I'm like, who is this dude? Yeah. I kind of like he looked like a Lord of the Rings character. He did. He it's he, because it was bad CGI. I was going to say and it was look, the only we CGI found out later that, on that it was a projection. Right, but it didn't work. At all, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't. It was like a problem, that. especially the fact that he was thirty feet tall. Yeah, he was so yeah. tall. I was like, this, this is just so bizarre, and I didn't know who he was. I mean, I got that he was a leader, but I was like, I've never seen this dude before. That I thought the CGI was bad, which was jarring because all the other CGI was better, and he was so big. I was like, I didn't really understand it, so I wasn't a big fan. And he was the one that kind of fumbled away the well, he did fumble away the Han Solo, Kylo Ren reveal. I don't know. I, I was, it just didn't didn't, didn't work. But no. I guess it was a little bit better that it was a projection. I mean, I guess it kind of excused, justified it. So justified at least if a we bit. see him in the next movie, hopefully he's seven foot tall or right. something in yeah. a real mask that they maybe use some CGI on. Yeah, hopefully. I don't know. I I actually I thought all three of these bad guys were not good. Uh, yeah, no, the Captain thought... Phasma was completely wasted. You guys remind me who that's that the was. Silver Stormtrooper. Oh, oh! You play uh, like Gwen, Gwen, yeah, yeah, uh, from, uh, Gwendolyn Christie, Brianna Tarth. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. That's funny because yeah. that's why I was, that's what I was looking up. I didn't even know who that was. Oh, okay. So yeah. apparently, so clearly wasted. Completely wasted because she, you know, that character looked really kind of cool in the yeah. trailers. Yeah, looked really cool. Yeah, yeah, no. But we just had to have our female bad guy, and and then she just and then she just kind of like at the end just kind of went along with like she didn't resist or anything. Yep. She's like, hey, no, no, okay, fine. What do you need me to do? Even when they talked, it sounded like that she was being produced from like a MacBook or something. Like yeah. her, she didn't have any kind of level to her voice when she right. spoke. And then I, Hex, I thought was just wouldn't. Thought, he was just such a generic, yeah, nobody forgettable. I think Dom Hall Gleason, who can be a good actor, he, can he was not the right choice for this. He was way over the top. He was way Agreed. over the top because he's not a guy that projects. He went for it, that's for sure. He's not. He can't. I think he's too like kind of a good dude to project menace and. That's a good way to look he can't at it. Really, good really guy. be sinister. Yeah. Like so, I was I wasn't convinced at all, and I think he had to go over the top. Because he's a good dude who's trying to play a really bad dude. So he had to go too far the other way, and it still wasn't convincing. I, I do like how he and Kylo Ren like, always try to one-up each other. I yeah. thought that was a cool little, you know, little battle between the two of them. Right. Other than that, though, I don't really have much good to say about any of these bad guys except Kylo Ren. I really like Kylo Ren. I like Kylo Ren, too. He was, Especially he was, when he lost his temper. <laughs> yeah. I actually, and I think some fans are kind of upset because he does kind of come off as like a whiny, a sure. whiny biatch a little bit. But I think they also excuse that with talking about his age, and he's still training he's still tr- struggling with the tug of the light so but that could me. really play into some cool elements for the movies to come absolutely like he's still immature what well, you just said still immature yeah and he's gonna and of course he kills off his father oh yeah which which gives which, us a real reason to really hate him now now we're invested right. they just killed the most Man, beloved he character him in the back i mean i think that he should have followed him off the bridge and then boom in the back that would have been even worse i will say though but my favorite part of the scene is where han touches his his face because that was the only part of it that was a little emotional to me just from even though we didn't have any sort of connection between them just a father-son connection he just killed you out of nowhere but you still love him enough your your final moment was was love in that moment and especially from a character who's always been kind of cynical who's always been kind of 
you know, the smart ass or whatever for his last moment to be this genuine effect, genuine affection mm-hmm. towards the son that just killed him. And if they would have got him in the back, he wouldn't be able to do that. And I thought that was the best part of that entire blotch scene. Because Th- I, actually... I do think it was handled pretty poorly, but I liked that moment. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are really upset that he died. Look, I, Rach and I talked about this off air, and she didn't know this, and I don't know if you do or not, but Harrison, Harrison Ford, Ford said that he should have died in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I read that. So between that, between the marketing... Uh, he was in a, all, all over the trailers. He was all over the posters and things like that. I, I thought for sure he would die. Yeah. And so, I mean, when I say I saw it come up a mile away, it was really before the movie started. I had a pretty good idea that he might die. Yeah. Um, and because of that history, I imagine I imagine that part of his agreement to do this one was probably I just felt kill like he's me off. Paid, he's getting paid point oh three royalty. Yeah. Of what they make off of this. Yeah. And and he he had so salary. I'd be put on a smile and doing all the touring myself. Yeah. He got paid. Yeah. Because yeah, we're wondering why. Well, I. I read some people wondering why he was so gung-ho about this one because he normally isn't uh but yeah but he got something like 20 million dollars plus 0.03 of the profit something like so what he's gonna make is like ridiculous Ridiculous. i imagine that money added to the fact that they killed him off is probably why thankfully they wrote his character really well and at first i wasn't real sure but again on the third viewing it's just growing on me i guess more and more his he just played a good you know, aging Han Solo. Yeah, he, he did. still had some good cracks, and it's funny the rapport he still has with Chewie. Yes, um, I agree totally. I actually really liked how they treated Chewie in this movie. Like he was more of a comic relief than he has been in any other Star Wars yeah, movie. Yeah, he was. I really enjoyed that while still being threatening. Like he still grabbed Boyega and just like, hey, I will still rip your arm yeah. out. Yeah, like that was really cool. But he was great comic relief. He was uh, for this movie. But and but um, I actually felt the most for Han through Chewie. Like yeah, yeah. his reaction of like, okay. I'm pissed. You're all dead. Like, yeah, that, that was, was cool, that was where I actually felt something was through Chewie's character. Yeah, honestly, yeah. that la- that lightsaber scene at the that now battle at the end of it, you know, instead of them cracking the earth in half to break up the fight, I was really hoping Chewie would just come in out of nowhere and just beat the shit out of Kylo Ren. <laughs> that would have been awesome. And then say, "Okay, we got to go because this place is going to blow up." Yeah. I mean, that would make more sense. And for and fans, awesome. we would have great closure right? because yeah. you you see that pain and, you know, whatever. Assume something happened to Kylo Ren. I don't know, but you get my point. I think that would have been a better way to handle that. But that's just me being a fan. So whatever. I get that. No, that would have been sweet, though, from a storytelling It aspect. really would have been I cool. Mean, it really it would have been satisfying, that's for sure. Satisfying, because like you said, I think that was the only way I felt for him, too, is because I think you, you were supposed to, was. I think you were supposed to feel it through Ray too, because her reaction is just like this painful cry yeah but she didn't really know this him. was Chewie's this was, was good but i thought leo's was the best because you yeah, saw was, her kind of sit down for a moment that was cool right, right. the ray one That's i didn't true. quite get i i think she was supposed to be the audience though like this sure. horrible deep pain but this is one of my other major issue with the movie why did ray care so much about han solo she'd known him for maybe 48 hours and all of a sudden this is her dad figure i had a lot of issue with yeah. that it didn't ring true to me at all yeah, yeah. um and it, i feel it didn't like... bother me but i assume that's what they're going to try and establish this is with a theory of mine before the movie even i even saw the movies was that that he was going to be a father figure they were going to kill him off and that was going to get the kids motivation um, my guess is maybe because he offered her a job and they kept repeating or like at the same time they would say the same I don't know a thing to fix on the on the ship. You know, they realize that they yeah. had those things in common. Well, I mean, but but I, I get, get I that. But again, it's been like twenty four hours. Yeah, that's the part where they just they went too fast. They went too they did. fast. That was one of my issues. Oscar, uh, I was going to mention this when you were talking about uh, Poe being kind of a generic throwaway character. Do you know they were going to kill him? 
Uh-uh. The, the original storyline was for him to die. But I guess Entertainment Weekly published this story. J.J. Abrams actually sought out Oscar Isaac and met with Oscar Isaac and asked him to do it and told him all about the character, had him read the script, and Oscar Isaac was like, cool, I'm in. And then he was like, and then you're going to die. And Oscar Isaac was like, uh. Mm. And he really considered passing because he doesn't want to be the character that's built up for one for one he movie. Want, he doesn't want to be the Darth Maul. Right. I mean, he was like, I, I don't know if I really want to do that. So um, eventually he decided he was going to do it anyway, even if he was going to die. J.J. Abrams called him back and said, I fixed it. You're going to live. So All right. that might explain. I wonder if he'd have been the one that died. I mean, I wonder if he would have died at the TIE fighter crash. I'm assuming. Because I actually thought that was kind of a plot hole. Right, because he just he showed just back, shows back up. up. Right. I mean, that's here's a quick little, not quick because I'm never quick, but to anyone listening, Here's why I wanted to go last in this group. I watched every trailer multiple times. I watched every TV spot, international trailer. I read every article. I watched every video on YouTube that I could, whether it was a theory or whatever. And my advice is do not do this. I completely ruined my experience. Like I may have assumed that Han might die, but it really killed my excite like getting the excitement the thrill of watching my favorite movie you know my favorite story of all time right and that's where a lot of my problems are you know it's because i studied the trailers it's like well i know poe's gonna show back up because i saw him flying over here it's like well i know kylo ren's gonna be trey on solo because he still hasn't walked in the snow yet to, to fight uh finn in the battle right that, I mean, there are a yeah. lot of spoilers in those trailers even if you watched it once, you could probably figure it out. But, I mean, I had it. I, I knew Daisy Ridley was going to be the one flying the Millennium Falcon off the sand because I found a TV spot where it shows her flying it. And it's like, oh, well, that makes sense that she gets it off the planet. So when they yell, hey, let's, let's fly that piece of junk yeah. and the camera doesn't pan over, I mean, I was like, oh, it's going to be the Millennium Falcon. And then it pans over and everyone's like, yeah. And I was like, I ruined that for myself. Yep. Um, the only reason I'm saying this is I've already deleted my Cinema Blend account. I mean, I'm not going to watch any more trailers yep. at all. I don't even Dude, care. you sound like me I'm, now. That's well, what I, I did this for a you, couple years. You only get burned uh, About three or four yeah. years ago, I did it. And, like, comedies were better. Yep. A lot of movies were a lot... I did it for, I think when the Batman movies came out. Like, a lot of movies were a lot better for me because I didn't, you know, I didn't see any of that stuff. I, I really destroyed something that could have been, like, a really memorable thing. Oh, yeah. And, look, I was in line at 2 o'clock in the afternoon for the... For the eight o'clock show on Thursday, I sat mm. out in thirty degree weather, and nice. I was eighth in line. Nice, and uh, it was great. And I mean, we took pictures with stormtroopers and Darth Vader that was at the at the Warren Theater. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, we did the whole deal. And you know, when the crawl came on, everyone cheered, and we had a great audience. People clapped. I mean, it was it was really cool. And I ruined a lot of that by by studying this stuff. It was dumb i don't know what i was well whatever don't do it people if you're listening to me. <laughs> uh I, one more thing uh, i just thought of that 3d show that i went and saw today's monday i know school is out right now i could not believe how many people were in lines we walked out of the out at 6 30 tonight there were lines everywhere still excuse me um to watch whatever screening was next i mean they were everywhere at a uh, quail i couldn't believe it really so i mean it's it's still killing it. 
And I still had people clapping. I guess it's still their it's still their first viewing. Can you imagine three people times have only seen it once? A bunch of lame ducks. <laughs> <laughs> they were still clapping and cheering in my in my third showing of it. And it was like, oh, cool. They hadn't seen this yet. My I mean, family still hasn't seen it. <laughs> oh, you're definitely not the general audience for that. I mean, no, like, I'm I mean, not. I mean, there are gonna, there's going to be people who like you who see it multiple multiple times. I'm even probably going to see it again because I want to. I do want to see it in. An IMAX or I'll, at least 3D. I'll see it on Wednesday again. So, but yeah, uh, I might say it one more time. Like take my dad or something because he won't go to the theaters unless I take him. So yeah, that'd be I, it. I think we overall we all enjoyed it. We all liked it um, across the board, and critics have loved it. I know it's 95 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it sounds like audiences love it. It's going to have. Not only did it shatter records this weekend, I think it's going to have good legs. And there's really not a whole lot coming out in the form of competition over the next week or two. Like, as far as, like, big blockbuster movies, what do you have in mind? Well, I mean... There's, like, five movies coming out next weekend. Yeah, but what... Um, you have, you have uh, Hateful Eight, you have Joy... Um, Whatever the other three are, but those are like those are movies for people like us. Sure. But for like a general audience, those aren't the type of movies that are going to make a ton of money. Um, you know, not yeah. big blockbuster action adventure type movies, special effects type things. All I'm saying is, I think this is going to continue. Oh man, they to rule the box It hasn't office. even released in China and India yet. Yeah, it's, it and it's gonna it's gonna break records all over the place. Yeah. But it's a really good movie. Yeah, I, I know we've been going on this for a while, but there are a couple of things I wrote down that I forgot we haven't even got to yet. I don't want to talk about it too long. I'm really excited about what's going to happen with the Knights of Ren, all those you know those black characters that surround Kylo Ren. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I think that that could be a really know. cool side story yeah. for what, whatever's to come. When Ren touched, um, when Ray touched Luke's uh, uh, lightsaber, and it showed the the future that and was, the past. Yeah, yeah that, that was a really cool kind of psychedelic moment. Yeah, um, I'm. I don't really like that they touch a lightsaber and it turns into a Horcrux, but you know, right. I, I still thought it was kind of a cool point in the movie. And then the other thing I thought was really cool. Speaking of Ray touching his lightsaber, <laughs> Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Do you think that they're going to have Herbie related to Luke at all? I know some oh. people think so. Some people don't. I hope uh, not personally. I hope not too, because I feel like, at that point, it's just oh, everybody's related really to everybody, stupid. and like I, I think really hope they don't. But do some that. people do because of the connection with the lightsaber and her yeah. having the force, and you know they're at you know the very last shot, which we haven't talked about uh, the big Luke Skywalker reveal. And once there was about thirty minutes left, and we hadn't seen yet, it's like oh okay, yeah, he's um, going to be the last reveal. That was another thing that bothered me in the first viewing was that I was like, where's Luke? Where's Luke? I was yep. waiting for Luke the entire movie. Me too. I, I didn't want it to happen, but I thought for like a second that that he might show up in that snow. And get the lightsaber and beat up Kylo Ren. That's exactly what I, I knew. Thought. It was be, I knew it would be Daisy Ridley. Right. But I was for a second. I hoped that. Yeah. So when he did finally show up, which by the way, when he did, it was he looked good. Like he looked good. He, he did. looked like tough. Yeah. Like he had like a look in his face of both sadness and like I still will be. I honestly yeah. think that was the best uh, that was cool. acting that Mark <laughs> Hamill's had in the entire it really series. Was. I mean, he, he didn't say really a word, was cool. but the face said it all. I was impressed. There really was a lot going on there. And I yeah. was concerned with an aging Mark Hamill, how he was going to pull off being Luke, who's yeah. a very strong character, but he looked that really badass. Yeah. Uh, very, very cool. And so do I, I – I don't think so. I really hope they don't. And the reason I hope they – that might back that up is the fact that he was training Jedi before Kylo Ren turned on him. So apparently there's still people out there that are force sensitive. Yeah. And I just hope really that that Ray is 
right. one of those characters. I mean, it's not every. It's not like everybody with the Force is related to the Skywalker. Oh, I know, so, but right. I'm just wondering. And there's, it's not just me. There are no, people that are theorizing I, that maybe she is related to. I just feel like it'd be too much. I, it'd be dumb. I really hope they yeah. don't do that. <sighs> one more thing. God, there's so many things that I just can talk about. Since the Rebels beat the Empire. Where do they lose control in the last 30 years? And then they built up a whole new First Order. Yeah. That's huge, by the way. Yes, yeah. You know, it's like, where did you... And then the Rebels turn into the... Where did the Resistance and the Rebels go? Or what's the what's the difference, anyway? That's going to bother they've, me. They need they've to got fix a that. lot to cover. They need to fix a that story as well. So I agree with that. Um, other than... I haven't talked anything about it technically. I thought it was fantastic. Other than oh, that, it was. Um, I can't really say anything else because we could talk another hour and it's going to be the same old thing but i do um, have one comment cool i don't know what a bb8 voice consultant's job really is because there's two people that actually performed the voice for I bb8 heard this. yeah it's really cool have you heard this i have i well i read i read the uh cameos in star wars that you didn't know were there and i was the voice consultants are bill Hader and ben schwartz who is john ralphio yeah which is Awesome. <laughs> Who's John Schwartz? That's why I can't. John Ralphio. John, R- John, John Parks Ralph- and Rec. Uh, Tom, Tom's friend. <laughs> that guy. Oh, Tom's get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no way. Him and Bill Hader. <laughs> I knew but Bill Hader they, was they, one. What I read was they just spoke voices into like an iPad or whatever, and then they manipulated it, and that those became BB-8's voice. Then how is, oh, so performed by were they like puppeteers or something? Probably, bro. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the difference between performed by and voice consultants. Yeah, I don't but know. But Bill Hader and John Ralphio. That's yeah, awesome. That's hilarious. That Outside makes of me really technical, happy. do you think this could win anything? No, it's it's or, one I guess of those nominated is a better way to put it because I don't think it. Won I, I don't think it can. It, it's going to be nominated in every single technical category. Yeah, I think the sound was great. Uh, the acting, Drag. while good, while very good, actually compared to most Star Wars movies. Um, not good enough to be nominated for anything, and and here's the deal: the critics loved it, and audiences are going to love it. But I don't think I it'll be strong enough to warrant a best best picture. No, no, I don't think I don't think it can be nominated for that. While I enjoy this more than Mad Max, you know, I think Mad Max will be nominated for before that. This will I think I think it I will agree. too. And here's the deal too: I I kind of feel like look, this was a really good movie. I thought it was really good. I actually rated it. A nine out of a ten. That's how much I enjoyed it. Now, but I do wonder how much the prequel sucking so bad makes this one look that much better in True. comparison. I think that we those were so low, and yeah. and this was actually a really good movie that it's you know looks that much better by comparison. But like you said, I don't think it's a perfect movie, and I think there are some flaws, and I think it was kind of safe and kind of rehashed yeah. so many things. And I think for those reasons. I don't think it'll be nominated for, yeah, nah, for anything I mean, outside of the technical. I do things. wonder, as far as fans are concerned, if the next one will make up for some of the flaws in this one. Because they can spend more time, they can flesh a lot more things out now that they've introduced the characters and they have a base to start with. And they can go new new directions. Although yeah. I guarantee you that, that Kylo Ren will also, like Darth Vader, have a redemptive story. Although Darth didn't go all the way as far as being redeemed... I mean, he did a little right. bit, and I think that Kylo Ren. I, I would be, I would be shocked I if we don't see, a, as well. see him turn by the end of this. Wouldn't I agree you, with that. Wouldn't you be surprised? I don't know. I, Although I think I it would know. be cool if he just went. If he total, went full dark side, total dark Psycho. side. <laughs> yeah, I think. That'd I mean, be cool. One, I, I already heard one theory which could be really cool. Like you know, in Empire Strikes Back, we saw Luke's training. It could be kind of cool if we see Kylo Ren's training. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be a really interesting twist, that. anyways. 
So, I would I would love that honestly. I don't know. I mean, I think Disney they didn't want to lose their fans, so they created a movie where the not only do they keep their fans, they're going to keep. A, I've heard a lot of just kind of just not the biggest Star Wars fans already say they love this, so they've already hit so many markets, yep. demographics, whatever. They're going to make a lot of movie, not only on this, but for years to come. Oh, yeah. J.J. did his job. J.J. JJ did he his did. job. He and did. then he's moving on. Yep. Yeah. But but he did he did do a fantastic job. That is, do, do we want to say anything more? I, I don't I, think I this, can. This is probably a movie where we really could probably talk another hour. How easily, long have we but... talked? Uh, about 54 minutes. Oh, so wow. That's not bad. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, we did it justice. Yeah, we did. And uh, I think we can all safely say go see it. You've probably already seen it. One of the biggest it. movies of the decade. Uh, so. yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's going to shatter box office records everywhere. It's cool to – it's been a while since we've had a movie this hyped up that actually lived up to the hype. Yeah. You know, the the Avengers sequel wasn't very good. Um, you know, I mean, I it mean, just, it was Avengers. It as, was, it was the same as the first redo, right? I'm just saying, like, compared to the hype, yeah. Dark Knight Rises was trash, and it was super hyped. I'm talking about the big blockbusters that were super <laughs> hyped. Uh, the sequels, yeah. none of them had really held up, but this it's one actually really good. This one met expectations and probably exceeded them in in a lot of ways. Yeah. So that is Pulp Fiction on Star for, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Have you guys? I know that you've. Been busy watching uh, Star Wars eight times this week. So have you <laughs> well, had time to watch anything else this week? Um, yeah, we apologize for not getting together last week. Um, I got caught up celebrating getting my master's, and some people might think I celebrated too hard. <laughs> but, you know, between that and sleeping, um, I had time to watch a lot of movies and stuff. So, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> And stuff. <laughs> Uh, let me guess. I'm just going to kind of take a stab at, at some of the movies maybe that you watched. Um, the Usual Suspects. Nah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's be cops. <laughs> yeah, let's be cops. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, what was that movie What's with that? Will Ferrell and, uh, and uh, uh, Kevin Hart? What was it called? This Ride is- Along? No, that's a different one. <laughs> that was Ice oh, Cube no. and uh, Kevin Hart. Oh, I was thinking of Beer Fest. I mean, whatever. <laughs> 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 yeah, even could say like, uh, what's the this the Patrol um, Trooper Super Troopers Super Troopers. Super troopers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, get right. hard. Get hard was the other one. I, was oh, about I never saw get hard. Okay. Well. <laughs> Neither did anyone I, else. Know, it, we're almost at Christmas, so real quick, I won't spend too much time on it. I did watch the Santa Claus and Home Alone this week. I told myself, nice. Yeah. So I hadn't seen Home Alone in a while. Actually, I still had some really good laughs. Especially, I forgot how funny his arg was. Oh, like, isn't it so like good? The Charlie Brown arg. It's a great arg. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's iconic. I mean, and it's, there's a couple cringe parts in the Santa Claus as far as like the CGI used. Yeah, but it was still a pretty funny movie. A, I still really enjoyed so, it, and it's so it's, sweet. It's and corny, I love the but yeah. I still really like it's it. It's a great family movie, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, that was really good. I watched Fatal Attraction for the first time. Oh, what'd you think? Um, wow, that bitch is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Bitches be crazy, dude. Um, she is nuts. Wow, that was really the, good. I didn't realize it got nominated for like six Oscars. Oh yeah, I mean it was a legitimately like probably like you know revisionist history. People just hear Fatal Attraction and they just think oh crazy went, but it was actually yeah. a really really good movie. Rabbit, rabbit, the rabbit in the pot. Yeah, exactly. yeah being boiled alive. Um, she was really good. I was I was reading trivia uh, a little bit during and afterwards. 
Uh, to this day, people still walk up to Glenn Close and say, "Thank you, you saved my marriage." Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, really good movie though. Like there are times it got a little slow, but they did do a good job of building it up to like crazier and crazier yes. and crazier. Yes. And, and then when it hit the fan, it was like, oh my god! Yeah. Like and like right at first, you're kind of <laughs> yeah. like, okay, well, I can I can see why she's upset in yeah. the very beginning, but as she just gets crazier and crazier. I mean, and it's also kind of weird to see Glenn Close be sort of hot, yeah, right? Definitely. Like, because she was sort of hot back then. Yeah, she so was kind of. Yeah, she did. Yeah. So it's kind of. Um, in the original, uh, the original ending, she lives. I heard about this, and test audiences hate it because they all hated her so much. They all hated. Her. They just despised that character so much that they all wanted to see her die. Yeah. So they reshot the ending based on the test audience's reaction. Yeah, I, I I read something about that, but I forgot what happens to him. Like something bad also happens to Kirk Douglas. Yeah, right? and I can't I, Michael Douglas, and I can't remember. Right. Uh, that would have been a weird movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I can't remember what it was. All I remember was was that she didn't die in the original. Have you seen it, Rachel? Nope. Well, it's on Netflix. Uh, I asked y'all like three or four years ago if I should watch that Brick or something else. Oh, and you told me to watch the um, the the skin I live in. Oh, oh the skin I live in. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I stand by that. So I didn't watch Fatal Attraction, but I watched that, which was nutty. Yeah. But I still was glad I finally caught up to this one. Yeah. I watched a doc. I won't spend too much time on this. I watched a documentary called Slingshot. It came out in 2014. It's basically about the guy who created the uh, Segway. Oh yeah. Well, he also has created a uh, a machine that can basically take any kind of water whether it's salt water nasty dirty water um tap water and just uh, distill it oh yeah um, i've i've heard about this guy it's I really good. Like, a... he's an engineer he's a, he's a, a super smart human being uh his name is dean Kamen, and he has done a lot for uh technology he's really well known in the tech world if you in, if you are into that sort of thing you might really enjoy this this documentary especially where he's really just trying to be a good human being and help others especially those in third world countries who don't have access to this kind of stuff but you know there's everything's trial and tribulations when it comes to science and technology so when they think they're doing something great and they have it figured out they're like oh well we didn't even think about you know electricity problems going to these communities so you know you run into these kinds of problems throughout the documentary but just the process really kind of his the way he looks at life and the way he wants to just kind of do his part uh, is really kind of cool really mm. good fest and that's on, on netflix right now as well i've watched four movies that came out this year i watched tangerine i Aim. want to see tangerine it's it's really well okay i'll just stop there so okay so tangerine was uh it's a film about two transgenders who are prostitutes walking around the streets of hollywood trying to track down the pimp of one of them who's her, who's her boyfriend that you know basically had cheated on her and uh, she's trying to track down either him or the girl that she cheated on him with uh he cheated on her with there you go and uh and that's it it's very raw it's very urban it's very street it's it's, and it's move 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 it's really fast fast paced and honestly this movie's not for everybody it's it's well there's a lot of sexual innuendos throughout it I mean, look, you're you're dealing with the uh, you know transgender topic, which yeah. you know I can handle just fine. But I don't think your average daily watcher can. So just know right. that. But with, but it's filmed really really well. And what's crazy is that it was all done on three iPhones. That's it. Oh, really? Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, it was uh, directed by uh, Sean Baker. He took three iPhones. Now, granted, they did kind of uh, 
tweak the lens with like a real high powered like right. state of the art lens on top of that but the but the way he filmed it looked great and there's actually a cool like a uh, kind of filter on top of it where it kind of adds like a real yellow kind of makes you feel like you're in hollywood it's called tangerine because it's kind of like the color of like when the sun goes down in la so that's where they get that idea from actually strangely enough it's on it's all set in one day on christmas eve oh so in a sense christmas it could be looked at as a christmas movie which is yeah. kind of weird but look i for the most part i didn't like the movie uh, very much. It was just a little bit too much for me until the last like two minutes of the movie. Cause like the entire movie, it's just diva and attitude and street talk and F this and whatever. And it's like, okay, a little overkill. But then like the last two minutes, there's a really cool moment between the main two characters where it's like, they sit still, they have a moment of like clarity, like, and they seem like a normal person and like, they're really kind of on a down spot and you say a humanized side to them. Oh, it's really, cool. really cool. But you gotta watch the fir- the other like, uh, hour and twenty six minutes to get to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot, but it was good. It's really, I mean, it was good. It's getting great that, reviews. That last two minutes really did it for me. Really, like, uh, yeah, it, did. it kind of like altered your entire opinion of the movie. A little bit because they they finally gave me some kind of something that I can relate to. Yeah, um, as far as transgender transgender goes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want to make too light of that, but you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, I actually watched Amy since y'all talked about this before, and I don't know which podcast it was, so. I can look it up later and, and maybe cite it if right. you want to listen more in detail. I watched Amy and I watched the Kurt Cobain documentary this year. Yeah. Two documentaries that sit around musicians who have drug addictions and inevitably that's what kills them. Yeah. And I think I liked the Kurt Cobain one better. I just think it's more creative because they use mm-hmm. a lot of animation throughout it. Amy's very good too. And at first I was kind of like, okay, here we go again. Right. Like, um, that's not really fair because it's a really interesting story. And yeah. Well, that girl can sing. Oh. Yeah. Can she write a song? Dude, Man, she that, can write a song. That was my main takeaway. Besides really feeling really bad sad. for her life and, and all that, uh, like I completely changed the way I thought of Amy Winehouse. Yeah, One, as a person. Too. And then also as an artist, I became a fan of her music after watching that documentary. I, I know I am more so now too. I mean, like, what a lost opportunity. I won't say you can't blame it all on like media and that sort of thing because you know she already kind of started out with you know getting into some drugs and drinking before she even became famous, so she already had kind of a base there. But man, when you see all that paparazzi stuff, well, that, doesn't that just make you? Oh angry? my gosh! It's yeah, just, it's yeah. Just, it's terrible. I've always argued there's something wrong with paparazzi and media when it comes to people in their personal lives. Yep. I don't play with it. And that's why I don't pick up any of those magazines. I never bought one. I never will. Um, I saw the man from Uncle. Um, I won't spend too much time on it. You know, it's been a while since I saw a Guy Ritchie movie that I liked. Yeah, I don't really care much for the Sherlock Holmes movies, but I love yeah. Snatch. Man from Uncle's not bad. Have you all seen it? I have, I have not actually. I've actually it looked terrible, and so I never watched it. Well, I thought it would. I shouldn't say it looked terrible. Like I just didn't have any interest in it. But then I started hearing good things about it, and I felt like Same maybe here, I should watch actually. it. I mean, it's it's it's. It's what you would expect. Uh, uh, crazy. This is like a year of spy movies. It it's is. It's another spy movie. I mean, well, this is like our fifth one that I know that we've at least talked about or one of us have seen. Henry Cavill, who's Superman. You have Army Hammer, who's one of the uh, the brothers from the social network. Yeah. <laughs> and then Alicia Vikander. I didn't realize she was in this. Yeah. Uh, and it's all based off of an old TV series. And it was fun. It was a good movie. And they're setting it up for our sequels. And, yeah. you know, there's fun casting in it. And, you know, it's not the best but it's entertaining it's yeah it's solid entertainment so you know check it out and the last one is uh oh pitch perfect 2 oh, oh yeah. um, 
I, I love the first movie. The, I love you know, the first one too. I, I think the I first watched one the first was one a fantastic movie. Yeah. I thought the first 30 minutes to an hour of this was not good. And then after they hit that campsite scene, they really, the movie really takes off after that. It was yeah. almost too vulgar. Like they were like, there's a humor about pitch perfect that makes it kind of fun or funny for such a, a movie about acapella and, and harmonies and melodies and things like that. Yeah. But after it kind of hits that camp scene and they find their voice, uh, it just kind of really kicked into a higher gear for me and I enjoyed it so much more. No, it's not your best movie of the year. It's not better than the first movie, but it's still fun. If you enjoy that sort of thing, you might like it. I'll stop there for now. <laughs> I was going to talk about a lot of the trailers that dropped, but uh, you know, if y'all Yeah, want. there has been a lot. To, to touch on your last one, I will say I agree with Pitch Perfect too because I really enjoyed the first one. But the second one's it's still, all right. Still, sequels are just hard sometimes when yeah. you come to when when it's so good the first time. You just really have to get lucky. Or I mean, what can you really introduce in kind of rom com type comedies that you haven't seen the first one? Yeah, right. absolutely. You know, it's pretty rare. I think. Yeah, I agree totally. Rachel, what have you been watching lately? I watched It's a Wonderful Life. Well done. Hold on. <laughs> I plan on watching it on Christmas. I told my sister already. Do you? Yep. You promise? I, I already said, hey, we got to watch A Wonderful Life on, on Friday. Now, is she excited about it or is she, has she seen it She's before? seen it. And okay. she's like, oh, yeah, okay, good movie. What about? I was like, well, you realize I've never seen it. What? Yeah, it could. That's the reaction you should get. <laughs> is that how your sister really sounds? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, so what were your thoughts, Rachel? I thought that it was good, Brandon. I think that... If you've lived 32 years and you haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life and you've been told it's the best Christmas movie of all time, then you're kind of setting yourself up for some disappointment. I mean, I don't know why you're looking at me. I, it's not just me who says this. It's the entire world. No, I, know. I mean, I get that. I get that. I, I just felt like expectations are really, really high. When you say it's the best Christmas movie of all time, my expectations are pretty high and they weren't met. But I, that, I mean, that said, I still give it like a probably an eight point five. So like an so like a nine or an eight. <laughs> yeah, like right <laughs> in between those uh-huh. two. So that's about the same as a seventeen out of twenty. <laughs> Is that right? If you really want to look at it like that? Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So eighty-five percent yeah. out of a hundred. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, so what tell you know this is iconic, and I have given you both crap in in multiple podcasts about. Not seeing It's a Wonderful Life. I don't recall that. Do you, Rach? <laughs> no. Never mentioned on this show before. So tell me what you liked and what you didn't like about It's a Wonderful Life. Without spoiling Without it. Without spoiling I mean, <laughs> the George Bailey character is he's a really good character, really interesting character. And I don't know this that this is a complaint, but does it qualify as a Christmas movie? Because all of the things that happen, none of them really have to do with Christmas. Could it be Satan? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, the, the entire third act takes place, the whole crux of the movie, once it gets to kind of the, the, the spiritual part of the movie, it's all set at Christmas. Yes. The, does it have to be set at Christmas, though? Could it be set at another time and still have been effective? I mean, does Home Alone have to be set at Christmas? Kind of. Not really. What other vacation? I guess they're going to go on summer vacation. Yeah, they could all be leaving for summer vacation. I'm just saying, like, I I don't think that that... I get what you're saying, but I don't think it's important to whether or not it's a Christmas movie. That was... 
That part of it was kind of striking to me because I really thought that this had a whole lot to do with Christmas. I just did. I thought it was like a very Christmas centric movie, and it's not. So a very it's more Christmas about like centric good, movie. being a good person and being happy and what you value, what you have in life. Yeah, yeah. this will be interesting. To interesting. Hear you I haven't even seen the movie since, since you both thought it was going to be so boring. Um, <laughs> one answer whether or not you thought it was boring, and then two answer that kind of how you would sum up what it is since you don't view it as a Christmas movie. What? This is a hard. <laughs> this is a hard question. That's not that hard. Did you think it was boring? Slightly. Okay. It could have had to do with the time of night that I was watching it. Okay. At and like then, two in the morning. Okay. And then. I mean, that's like five o'clock to y'all. Got, got <laughs> yeah. a little dozy, but I, I can't say that that is fully the movie's fault. That's probably partially my fault. And I guess I'll reword the second part because I've mentioned George Bailey a few times as being such a great character. And I think that. The impression that both of you had of the movie was that it was just this goody two shoe, black and white, boring movie. It's not a goody two shoe movie. Uh, he's not a character without flaws, right? But a he is a good man. I don't really know what answer you're looking for here. Yeah. I haven't it's even not, seen it, but I assume a, it's kind it's of like some dark a, elements um, into it, since I know he gets pulled away by some angel, right? And that makes him see the better, like right. the, the the optimistic side of life, right? Right. Yes. So I I would say that generally (laughs) I would say that generally when you think of movies from that era you you do get a sense of like this completely wholesome goody two shoes type of movie and that's not really what it's a wonderful life is I will say that and I think that that's another reason why I like him because he is a very very good person but they aren't afraid to kind of show you his flaws some flaws yeah. And that's what makes him a a very good character and a a realistic character and someone that you can kind of relate to. So what did you like about It's a Wonderful Life? George Bailey? I thought we already covered this. (laughs) I mean, he is the main draw of the movie and he was the best part. Does it inspire you to to look at life from a different perspective? But you're a pretty optimistic person, so maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Brandon just made the face. (laughs) I'm a very optimistic person when it comes to other people's lives. There you go. Um, no, I mean, it, it wasn't some like life changing movie. I wasn't inspired to gotcha. run around and say Merry Christmas to all the places. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Emporium. <laughs> so, no, I didn't have that effect on me. But it is, it is a good movie. You should definitely see it. I do agree with all that statement. Probably, I don't know, maybe it will be was not the best Christmas movie I've ever seen in my life. I still would rather watch A Christmas Story over It's a Wonderful Life. Okay, I guess I should say this. Do you feel like, given the the storyline, maybe it's not your favorite Christmas movie, but would you say it's one of the better made Christmas yes. movies of all time? <laughs> it is deeper and more meaningful than like 95% of yeah. the Christmas movies out there. I would say... Uh, Christmas Vacation is the only one that's better than it, though, right? <laughs> it's, it is slightly deeper and slightly more meaningful. Yeah, that makes sense to me. 
Uh, I'm curious to see when when Jacob watches it because you we'll know, he's, do a, he's a, a lot more... deeper uh, than you. And, well, and, and I, feel I feel like we can have a better discussion once he's seen it as well. <laughs> I like that I'm like cutting you down and you didn't even like I'm, acknowledge it. You're no. just like, yeah, I agree. It will be better when Jacob watches it. This is just having I'm a conversation. <laughs> this is just having a conversation I'm, with Brandon, I'm, and then he wonders why I'm not optimistic about life. <laughs> I'm Michael Jackson eating popcorn right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm so, I, I do. I've been wanting you guys to watch it for so long that I had to, you know. We'll have a better talk about it when Jacob sees it. Okay. One enough. week. Okay, Brandon. Um, I'll just hit mine really quickly. The only one I really want to talk about is the leisure class. We talked about the Project Greenlight show on HBO. And this was the movie that the, uh, the director actually made. It's the HBO movie. Rach talked about it a couple Rach, months ago. Rach talked about it, so I'm just going to briefly, briefly, because she only watched like the first 10 minutes. Because she I got couldn't bored take it and, anymore. And couldn't watch anymore. I will say that this director, I do think he's got some talent as far as a technical standpoint. I think he, he shot the movie well. I think he got some good performances out of his actors. But the script and storyline were a mess, and the characters were a mess. If you ever do watch this Project Greenland, I'd be really curious to see um, what you think about it? But I have to watch the show. You, you suggest that I watch the show first before watching the movie. You yes. would have to, okay. yeah, to think. really kind of appreciate the movie. Okay, uh, like it's standalone. You don't have to watch the show to sure. understand the movie. But I think to kind of understand the whole process and what if and, I watch? No, I'm serious. What if I watch the movie first and then actually, just to see really like cool. perspective wise? Do that. Actually, that'd be cool. Do that and then just go in and raw without knowing anything about the process. Just watch it like a regular movie, mm-hmm. and then you can review it based on that that would actually be kind of cool it's called the leisure class it's on hbo um the only other thing i want to talk about um have you guys heard this making a murderer uh documentary series that's on netflix all right well it's making the rounds like it's starting to get a lot of buzz and hype and i mean the reviews are like through the roof on on rotten tomatoes with the critics uh i think it's like at 96 percent um but it's 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 got and uh, audiences right now have it at nine point four. It's supposed to be really really good. Misty watched the entire ten ten part series over the weekend. That's I was going to say she got. Let me know and I'll be done with it in a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. It's it's ten parts, uh, an hour each, and yeah, it was filmed over a ten year period. Uh, of course, based on a true story, and apparently there's a lot of parallels between this. And the uh, Paradise Lost documentary series. Oh, really? Where those three... I mean, they're, they're completely unrelated. But parallels as far as... This is basically about a guy who was convicted of rape. And he served, I believe, 18 years in prison. And then DNA came out. Uh, he was innocent the whole time. So he got released after 18 years after DNA proved his innocence. Then once out, he was filing a civil suit against... Uh, and apparently he's not the sharpest guy. And the premise of this whole thing is that the uh, police system, the court system, and city and all that, the small town government, he, some small town in Wisconsin, took advantage of the fact that he's not very smart, comes from a really poor family, couldn't really defend himself, and all those type of things. And so he gets out. He was innocent, gets out, and then I won't spoil where it goes, but it gets even deeper. And... The people, you know, the the officials behind it get even more corrupt. 
Um, Interesting. But people are really, really talking about it. I think both of you would really, really Intrigued. like Intrigued. I'll be yes. done with it within a couple days. <laughs> I'll review the entire series next time we talk. Right. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So, there you go. Uh, I suggest watching that, even though I haven't seen it, based on <laughs> everything. I've read all about it, and Missy has told me a ton about it, and now I'm intrigued, too, and I'm going to be watching it. So, that is what we've been watching or wanting to watch this week <laughs> here on Pulp Fiction. Now, we talked about um, what a great experience going to see Star Wars The Force Awakens was for Jacob as a huge Star Wars fan who's been looking forward to it for three years. So our other podcast, our top five list, we're going to count down our top five favorite movie theater experiences of all time. It's going to be a lot of fun. Be sure to listen to Pulp Fiction.